Hello, everyone. This is Sean Duberbeck from Avrio Institute. And I'm Ross Rubin at Radical Research. Welcome back to another episode of Techspansive. Today, we thought we would jump into some of the financial transactions that have transpired over the week. We've got earnings from companies like uh, PayPal and, and eBay, Microsoft reported, and of Twitter. Course, Twitter reported. We've got uh, earnings from Amazon, and we thought we would jump in there. We saw Amazon report on uh, today, on Thursday, as we record this. They noted that profits fell during the quarter, 2.1 billion from 2.9 billion for the same period a year ago. So nearly a 28% decline. One of the things we saw from the earnings announcement was heavy investment in uh, their delivery services and their delivery systems trying to make Prime move from a two-day delivery service to a one-day delivery service. So they really in a, a big investment period getting ready for the uh, fourth quarter and for the holiday season. At the same time, they announced a softer outlook for the holiday season. They projected fourth quarter sales of between 80 billion and 86.5 billion, slightly lower than the consensus among Wall Street analysts of 87.4 billion. Uh, so R Ross, your thoughts on some of the, the news coming out of Amazon? Yeah, so uh, a couple of things on the delivery front. Um, you know, I am starting to see a couple of startups now uh, trying to replicate or or provide technology to other retailers to replicate that Amazon Go experience. This is really the leading edge. It is their uh, march, their their invasion of uh, brick and mortar retail. I think in many respects. Uh, even though, of course, Whole Foods gives them a, a bigger footprint than than Amazon Go, uh, but we, we've talked about Amazon Go a number of times on the podcast, and it's clearly a, a model that works. Um, so, uh, a couple of technology providers are now getting that that camera technology and that sensor technology together to enable other retailers to. Uh, potentially compete uh, against Amazon in that space. Uh, there, there was an article also in CNET today about how Amazon is starting to drop the $25 price requirement for prime shipping. So it used to be that if you ordered a, a ridiculously cheap item, I think they gave the example of you know, a, 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 a lip balm, you know, something, you know, under $2 or some 82 cent thing, uh, they would say, hey, you know, we can send this to you as part of Prime, but your overall order has to be 25 bucks. Uh, now they're just starting to send it. You know, the idea of offering, quote, free shipping on an 82 cent item is, uh, is some somewhat mind boggling. Uh, but, uh, the article anyway said, you know, this is part of the kind of efficiency that they can drive or are looking to drive with these improvements that they're making in infrastructure. I, I think they're seeing more competition there too. You know, Walmart trying to step up their uh, two-day delivery and uh, ShopRunner has been around for some time. I think that uh, 
their partner retailers are getting more aggressive at giving away that service. Um, so uh, Amazon clearly still way out in front here, but uh, they're they're always paranoid about the customer experience and and want to stay in the lead there. Well, and and Bezos actually said that it's better for the environment because it uh, lowers their carbon footprint because they have to deliver the products from warehouses that are nearby, and so they're trying to mm-hmm. you know get move them so quickly that uh, that it travels a shorter distance than it might have going to a retail environment or, or going over two days. And so that's interesting. Um, if, if that in fact is the case, it certainly means that on the, on the supply chain and on their infrastructure, they're, they're going to have to rethink where the warehouses are placed, what they look like uh, already. I've seen big moves in the structure of warehouses as they build them closer to urban centers they're making them taller they're automating them uh further it's something that obviously amazon has been thinking a lot about with their uh, purchase many years ago of the kiva system right environment Uh, they've been thinking about how to automate that and and to accelerate that so there's a lot of investment going into that and i believe they have an annual contest where they invite different uh, robotics makers in for some kind of prize to see uh, who can do the best job at pick and pack or whatever other processes that they are trying to squeeze the human element out of uh, in, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the warehouses. So Yeah. Uh, one of the other things that I thought was interesting from their earnings announcements was pretty strong growth in advertising. Right now, this mm-hmm. is tucked into other. Other, other yeah. Uh, but if you listened to the uh, the earnings call their CFO talked a little bit about the biggest thing in advertising um, is uh, grew at about 45 percent uh, or sorry they said the biggest thing in the other category is advertising and advertising grew at a rate higher than 45 percent so it's it's clearly a focus for the business I think that's an interesting area kind of a sleeper area for revenue growth is how advertising is starting to grow. And they've done such a good job at knowing what the customer wants and being able to deliver that, uh, that um, pushing advertising into this environment, I think it makes a lot of sense. And they've got a lot of places they can roll out advertising from Prime Video to the, to the website to other services and features that they offer. Yeah, it's, it's really a lot of greenfield for them. And uh, I can't think of a company that has a clearer path to purchase uh, in terms of advertising than uh, than they do. So uh, it's uh, it's it's really a natural. I think a lot of the a lot of the uh, a, a lot of the advertising that they're starting to roll out now is uh, either display based or kind of sponsored product placement. They've had that for some time. I yeah. think. Uh, that's interesting. You mentioned Prime Video uh, that they might start doing pre-rolls, um, as uh, as YouTube has has been doing for some time, uh, driving a lot of revenue that way. TiVo recently uh, announced that they they're going to start doing that on their DVRs, uh, which which I'm sure the people paying a monthly fee for will will just love that feature. Uh, but um, but you know also I think they have a lot of potential in in influencer research uh, influencer advertising um, uh, think about again 
you know, what a phenomenon that is on YouTube. And we've talked about it on Instagram many times. Uh, that uh, seems like a home run to to integrate uh, into their platform. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll start to see more advertising there. And, and you know, you bring up original content. Some of the other news that I saw from this past week was that uh, that Tinder is starting to roll out original <laughs> content. So it's it's interesting that uh, you know it, original content seems to be what uh, companies are doing to keep people on their platform and, and yeah. lengthen engagement. And so you see it showing up everywhere. I happened to catch a, uh, of all places, on a Google Home, catch an advertisement for um, an ori- some original content that Facebook is, is doing in their uh, content space. And so yeah. you're seeing that uh, try to drive engagement and I, I was surprised to see uh, a commercial on cable the other day for apparently an original series that Spectrum has created. I had no idea. You know, they, they do a pretty good job of advertising their on-demand video offerings, but this was the first time I'd ever seen that they had apparently produced something themselves. So, Well, and we had talked about Disney Plus uh, in last week's episode, and one of the things that you saw uh, just a couple of days ago was that Verizon will offer customers a year of Disney Plus for free. Right. So we, we had talked about how we expected that area to re- really heat up. and We'd see a lot more happening in that space, and you're certainly seeing that. Uh, Amazon, in their earnings call, talked about... Uh, with respect to advertising, some of the areas they're building out advertising is in the the live sports area, right? And, and so that's also kind of a natural place that that sits Twitch. in. Yep. Twitch. Yeah, and, Twitch and is another good venue. Yeah, definitely yeah. Twitch. Um, and you're seeing Twitch used for more things than just uh, gaming, just streaming gaming. But um, so a, a lot more to come uh, there. Uh, the other thing that we saw coming out of uh, two more things we saw coming out of their earnings announcement, they hired nearly a hundred thousand full-time and part-time employees during the quarter, wow. and they held a career day last month where they were looking to fill thirty thousand jobs. They had over two hundred thousand applicants show up. For That's those. still a pretty good ratio. Yeah, if, a, if you're an applicant, right? It is a great ratio, yeah. and, and, and I think it shows that uh, um, at least among job seekers, despite the fact that we're in a pretty tight labor market, there's still a lot of interest in working for Amazon. And, and uh, I think- And that, also despite, you know, all the horror stories that have uh, exactly. emerged about their yeah. warehouse, right? Yeah, yeah there's, there's still an implicit belief that, um, that, you know, that there's a lot of opportunity within Amazon. So um, interesting to watch that. And then another- piece that we saw was that AWS, clearly one of the uh, key areas for Amazon, is slowing uh, mm-hmm. growth, but it's hard to call 35% slowing <laughs> growth when it's up um, that, posting about $9 billion in sales. So clearly a, uh, a key area. We saw similar uh, growth from Azure, from Microsoft. It was uh, slowing as well, but still growing at 59%. So um, a a theme this week from the companies announcing is that growth among um, 
among cloud services is starting to slow a little bit, but still very strong double digit growth and, and what you would expect as that uh, base gets bigger. I was um, uh, speaking today to the CEO of a company in the industrial IoT space that does work with both of those cloud providers and how he characterized it was AWS is really, I mean, you know, they're the market leader across the board, but they, they do particularly well uh, with, uh, with a lot of startups. You know, they're, they're sort of the go-to, whereas a lot of Azure's customer base is, as you might expect, more, more established companies um, that have existing relationships with Microsoft uh, and, and do a lot of development uh, on, on their platform. So I wonder if there's something we can read into a little bit in terms of the, um, the health of the startup uh, ecosystem uh, based on some of uh, AWS's slowdown, uh, you know, particularly given the recent news about the, the WeWork debacle uh, that, that we talked a, a little bit about, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, one thing I've been thinking about is whether the WeWork IPO collapse is the pets.com of uh, this wave of growth uh, that we, we've extended wave that, that we've had for some time, because it seemed to me that pets.com seemed to occupy this this space of of the cliff, you know, yeah. where everything sort of started falling apart after that. And um, uh, you know, hope, hopefully, it won't be uh, that severe of a, of a crash. But uh, but it's it's hard to argue that uh, it is the the best example of a. IPO attempted on very shaky financial grounds. And, and I think also a little bit like in dot-com 1.0 as well, we, we had kind of these early tremors, right? So, you know, you saw the ride-sharing services come out with uh, S1s that basically said, you know, the, the only way we're ever going to be profitable is to drive everybody else out of business. You know, the... Uh, Blitz, blitz scaling, as as Reed Hoffman might might refer to it, and that that's kind of WeWork ish. Uh, actually, Hoffman had an interesting uh, article about whether WeWork was was blitz scaling on uh, on uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, but um, the spoiler is kind of, sort of, but not really. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, so SoftBank stepping in now and and kind of assuming control uh, of of that company and. Uh, Adam Newman, after uh, a fair amount of self-dealing, walks away with uh, 1.7 billion dollars. Uh, not not a bad uh, not a, not a bad exit uh, for him personally, I suppose. So, um, what what are your thoughts on on kind of how the environment is is looking? At, yeah, at well, this you point? yeah you mentioned Pets.com, and it makes me think of another classic of that that uh, vintage web van, right, which, right. which uh, I, I, I was living in San Francisco in 2000. I remember when uh, Pac Bell Park was, was brand new that season, going to a Giants game at that beautiful park. And uh, web van had purchased advertising <laughs> on all of the 40,000 plus cup holders. <laughs> and so uh, even as web van disappeared, um, the 
the million plus dollars that they had spent on that branding around Pac Bell Park a ghost. remained. Yeah, so it was the, funny. The, the ghost of uh, the <laughs> dot com era was the web van advertising at Pac Bell Park, and so right, um, it you know it feels that that same way a little bit. I mean, it was clear that um, that uh, I think what you saw early in this period was was rapid growth and expansion and we work definitely epitomizes that very well like they were they were growing in lots of different ways you saw it from uber as well as they tried to expand into different uh, mobility services you know mm. they they started to look at obviously uber eats and i i remember early on in their promotions when uh, you know it started with just black car service and then moved from there and and there were times where we were having ice cream delivered to the office and we were having pets delivered to the office and uh you know <laughs> right. Did different right. things I remember like that day yeah. yeah different things like that so uh and and we work in a very similar way was trying to move into lots of different um directions and it was leveraging itself and its own internal capabilities and profitability in order to to grow those ways and it, you know, you see every company doing that. I mean, obviously, we we see it from Amazon as well. If you look at, we were talking about their their shipping. Um, shipping costs were up forty six percent in the quarter, almost hitting ten billion dollars. And mm. so the question is, does this pay off in the in the long run? And does it allow these other services that are driving growth, advertising, AWS, other things? Do they do they benefit from? Uh, a platform that has commandeered leadership in retail and and in delivery, or does it, uh, you know, just become a house of cards where it all collapses? And I think that's what you saw happen to some extent with WeWork. And to your point, is this indicative of the broader startup community? I think it definitely means that funding becomes more difficult for some companies. One of the things you saw was that SoftBank comes in with a $5 billion loan. They buy $3 billion worth of shares from existing shareholders. They take on 80% of the company, but that means that there's fewer billions of dollars to go around to others. Mm -hmm. um, and there's probably a reluctancy from others to invest. So I think it, it does make financing and, and funding more difficult potentially. Maybe they're, uh, maybe they're feeling pretty good about the, opportunity for uh, the Sprint T-Mobile merger to go through since uh, uh, they got the okay from, what was it, the FTC? Right, uh, yeah. Ago, so, well, and it, look, if the if the IPO market is dries up in any way, then those who are providing capital to startups have to rethink those business models because you, you can't just invest in an environment where you know that uh, the company will go public and you'll be able to gain liquidity from there. You'll need to look at either profitability or, or some other liquidity events. And so if the IPO market isn't there, then you have to think about uh, how you structure the business and structure the company so that you can get the liquidity events that your investors are going to demand. And, and I guess the risk for something like WeWork, uh, you know, you mentioned Webvan. I, I don't think there was really any company that, 
made sense as an acquirer uh, of, of Webvan or you know, maybe Pets.com. I, I think ultimately the trademark and the puppet and all of that stuff was bought by Petco, you know, um, uh, one, one of the, which was probably the leader uh, in, uh, in brick and mortar uh, pet retailing even back then. Right. But, uh, but we were, you know, who, who could acquire that? I mean, maybe reach us, uh, you know, I think a much smaller firm, but, but if it were, if it were really sold off in a fire sale, um, it's just, uh, I mean, just the, the, the crazy, um, uh, amount of, uh, liabilities, uh, that it has in terms of those leases, uh, uh, I, I think that would be a tall order. So, so that's a big difference, I think, between a lot of those dot-com 1.0 companies that just people let die because there, there was really no logical uh, kind of uh, home for them. And uh, as you say, uh, WeWork, which, um, uh, which, which had SoftBank kind of step in and save it, basically. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I think the other thing is... It- if you look at the assets, it wasn't as if the assets were all class A real estate that you could then, you know, liquidate that had appreciated over a holding period and, and right. be liquidated. And so that's the other thing is you start to look at what are the underlying assets and what's the premise of those assets? How are those assets valued? And, um, you know, and, and I think probably the the WeWork business model isn't finished yet. It, it's not mm. just about bringing people together and giving them shared office space, and so you're able to. Prov- no, I mean they have tried, uh, a, you know, much like Uber, they they've tried a bunch of things. They've right. tried co living. They've tried yeah. um, uh, outsourcing uh, corporate headquarter design. They uh, somewhat like Uber, they say they have a uh, you know a lot of their secret sauces in logistics and how to split up space for optimum profitability and occupancy. Even though I think their occupancy rates have been declining somewhat. So yeah, yeah. Well, and I think obviously if we if we move into a f- full blown recession, then people go back to you know, the f- when funding gets more difficult, when financing gets more difficult, then the startups go back to the garages. They don't go to right. the the WeWorks that are in downtown Washington D.C. and downtown Manhattan and San right. Francisco. You know, so that uh, puts further pressure on them. They they were optimized for a, an environment that was, uh, you know, was was doing very well. And as that environment shifts, then you have other secondary uh, effects that impact it further yeah yeah that's that's a really good point about their um their exposure uh if uh if, if the startup funding starts to dry up more yeah and i think there is this trepidation in the marketplace right now around okay you know are we uh w- what does the world look like in a in a slowdown or a recession or uh just slower slower growth what does the world start to look like and, and how do we optimize our, our uh, business? And so I think there's a lot of companies thinking about that right now. Um, okay. And that's, you know, that's the other interesting thing about Amazon's decision uh, to, to really double down on and put poor investment into single day shipping is they're making these investments and, and they've done this many time, make these investments 
during uh, rather difficult economic environments. Well, and, and just in closing, the other big news, of course, as we head into the weekend, is that the Nationals are up <laughs> two games to nothing Funny. against the Houston Astros. And coming home, coming home. So we, uh, we have avoided politics thus far on this podcast, but we're not going to avoid baseball. Uh, so we're all, we're all, all pretty excited here in Washington, D.C. for the weekend and the, the home series, and we're hoping that we can take it home and celebrate at home. So we'll, And uh, fulfill Bryce Harper's wish to uh, bring a championship to that, D.C. this ex- year. <laughs> exactly. It, that has been he, – he made, of course, the, the slip in an early video interview wearing a Phillies uniform that he wanted to bring a championship back to – Washington DC and uh, as we went to the playoffs and we were winning the NLCS the Nationals own Twitter feed Mm -hmm. made sure to replay that video for the world to see so um, So so, his his stock has has, uh, not been as high as as it's been in the past yes yeah yeah. so DC you know DC has had its uh, had some tough days in the last couple of years where the sentiment hasn't necessarily been great in the town of Washington, D.C., but lately things have really been uh, been doing well. Of course, the, uh, the the Mystics won the WNBA championship just a couple of weeks ago, and then now the Nats are doing quite well. So hopefully we will have good news to report <laughs> in next week's podcast. All right. Uh, this is Sean Dubervac. You can find me on Twitter at Sean Dubervac. And I'm Ross Rubin. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Rubin. Tune in next week for another episode of Tech Expansive.